Good evening, everybody. This is Stephen at Feet for Thoughts. It is a wonderful Friday evening, and today I'm going to be talking about six books that changed the way I read scripture. So stay tuned. Good evening and welcome to Feet for Thoughts, taking every thought captive to Christ. It is a viciously humid but still lovely Friday. They said it would be 27 degrees. It is feeling more like 29 right now. Um, but once again, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Feet for Thoughts. That's Feet for Thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Um, once again, share if you are liking the content. If you are listening on Anchor, the lines are open. Feel free to call in and give any comments or feedback. Otherwise, give those claps if you like what you hear. So today I wanted to talk about six books that changed the way I read scripture. Um, and when I talk about changed the way I read scripture, I guess it's it. They opened up uh, my understanding to something, uh, changed the way maybe I saw what the word of God was, what it was like, what it was even capable of. Um, that's what really what I'm talking about when I'm talking about six books that changed the way I read scripture. So after I read these books, um, I never read scripture the same again. So let's um, dive straight into it. Um, the first book um, on my list is called Unlocking the Bible. And it's written by a British man called David Pawson. Um, really great teacher of the word. Um, I guess because he has this ability to really simplify um, his, you know, what he's teaching from scripture makes it very easy to understand, really easy to follow. And that um, really comes out in the book. Now, it is a really thick book. Um, just thumbing through it, uh, it is it maxes out about 1,343 pages. Um, and the reason for that is that he gives an overview of each book of scripture in the book. So it's kind of like the Bible project before there was the Bible project. Um, he includes illustrations in each chapter, but he breaks down each book of the Bible, tells you about its structure, tells you um, who wrote it, uh, why they were writing it, who they were writing it to, goes through the themes um, and really lays out some of the symmetry of the book, the patterns in the book. And the reason why this book really revolutionized the way that I read scripture is because it was the first time that I was able to see the entire narrative of scripture from beginning to end and actually see how scripture traces um, this one single story about God and humanity, about God and Israel from beginning to end. Um, I was able to see the cohesion of all 66 books written by 40 authors across 1,400 years of writing and just see how despite you have all these people who are separated by time and space that they all told 
one complete coherent story and it really um, testified to the miraculous inspiration of the bible um, so that is unlocking the bible i would highly recommend it i'm pretty sure you can find it on amazon um, I don't know about overseas, definitely in the UK, if you go to a good Bible store, which are few and far between nowadays because they're all being closed down. But you should be able to find a copy of Unlocking the Bible there. I would highly recommend it. And not only that, I would highly recommend um, a lot of David Pawson's books. Um, he also has all the content of this book he has in video form. So you can actually go to his website. Um, if you just type David Pawson into Google, you'll be able to find his website and he'll actually have videos of every single one of the chapters in this book in video form with all the illustrations and everything. So uh, if you don't want to spend the £9.99 on the book, uh, then you can find the content on his website anyway. So that is Unlocking the Bible by David Pawson. Next up, uh, we have a book called The False Prophet and is written by a guy called Ellis H. Schofield. Um, unfortunately, he has now sadly passed away. I didn't actually find out he'd passed away until either early this year or late last year, but he actually passed away back in 2015, which was a real shame um, because I really um, enjoyed his book and um, some of his other writings as well. Um, but the reason why this book um, was so revolutionary to me is because it completely changed the way that I saw biblical prophecy, um, particularly eschatology, so end times um, theology about you know Jesus' return, specifically the book of Revelation. Um, before I read this book, I would have been classed as a um, premillennial pre dispensationalist. Um, and this book completely destroyed that view for me. Um, I walked away from this book and like completely changed. And not just because of what it taught me about eschatology, but also it actually changed my heart towards uh, Muslims. So I think I first read this book probably um, between 2005 and 2006, maybe 2006. I read this book. So obviously five years after 9-11, um, had my views about Muslims and what have you. Um, and this book really gave me a heart for Muslims. I literally, after finished reading this book, I was, I sat stunned. Like I was literally stunned for two days straight. It's like, I was just in this haze. I just couldn't believe what I had read. Granted some of my, you know, my positions and my views have evolved since then. And I don't completely agree with everything that, um, Ellis Schofield says, but the book still completely changed not only how I saw biblical prophecy, but how I saw the Bible. It made me realize that there are prophecies within scripture that are datable to events in history. And I'm not just talking about events before Christ. I'm talking about events since Christ, where you can actually date certain things to the year. You can actually point these dates out. And it made me realize that scripture actually prophesied the rise of Islam. And most people wouldn't know that or wouldn't think that. Um, but I think that that's a powerful tool um, if you are evangelizing to Muslims to be able to open the Bible and actually show them how their religion is prophesied and predicted in the Bible. And one day, Lord willing, I definitely want to do um, a teaching series on the book of Revelation and, and touch on some of the things that I gleaned from this book um and really it increased my confidence in scripture um because i could tie 
uh, prophecies in scripture to events that I could look up on Wikipedia or I could Google and I could find the dates and correlate what was being said. Um, again, not everything in the book I would agree with now and not all of his views I would agree with, but definitely the overall picture. Yeah, 100 um, percent. I would agree with the other reason why this book was significant is because it introduced me to chiasms and Hebrew parallelism. So for those who don't know, um, a chiasm is a form of Hebrew poetry, Hebrew poetic structure that rhymes ideas rather than sounds. And when I realized that a lot of scripture was chiastic or particularly the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel, which he talks about extensively in the book, again, that completely changed the way that I read and saw scripture, um, which actually segues nicely into the next book on my list, which is called Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes, and it's by Kenneth E. Bailey. Again, unfortunately, he's another guy that has sadly passed away. Um, I think he passed away last year, but again, this is another book that completely revolutionized the way that I read scripture. Oh, and before I go into that, excuse my manners, um, The False Prophet is, um, I don't believe it's a book that's still in print. Um, however, there was a subsequent book that Ellis Schofield released called Islam in the End Times. You can find that still on Amazon um, and it pretty much covers the exact same content as The False Prophet. There may be a few differences in it. But if anyone is interested in having a copy of The False Prophet, it was a free book, so he did release it free. So I do have the PDF of the book. If you are interested in receiving if uh, uh, receiving a copy of the PDF, if you go to my website, so www.thoughtsforfootstool.org.uk, um, so that's Thought for Footstools, org.uk if you go on my website uh, go to the contact section and you know punch in a message send it along to me or message me on Instagram or Twitter uh, send me your email address and I will make sure to forward a copy of the book to you um, otherwise let's move on to Jesus through Middle Eastern eyes so again this is by uh, Kenneth E Bailey um, and he is an author and lecturer in Middle Eastern New Testament studies ordained Presbyterian minister who served as canon theologian of the Diocese of Pittsburgh of the Episcopal Church USA and he spent 40 years living and teaching New Testament in the Middle East. Um, so this guy definitely knew what he was talking about. He lived in the culture um, for 40 years living and teaching within the culture. Um, but the reason why this book again revolutionized revolutionized the way that I read scripture is because it greatly expanded upon my understanding of chiasm. So chiasm is something that he specializes in. Um, and you, you know, by reading through this book, you realize how much of the New Testament um, was actually structured, intentionally structured to have this rhyming mechanism in it. And it's something, again, that is unique to the Hebrew way of writing. So it testified to the um, ethnic identity of the writers because they were in this way. Uh, Jesus told his parables in this way. Um, so again, highly recommend it because he goes into much more detail about chiasm and the different variations of chiasm, the different forms that they take. It's not something that would be easy to explain over audio, um, but again, Lord willing, I'd love to try and uh, expand on it one day. Um, 
But this book really placed much of the New Testament back in its cultural context, um, really helped me to understand um, the background behind a lot of the things that we read in scripture. And it helped me to see many of my cultural assumptions that I bring to the text and many of the anachronisms that I bring to the text. So things from my time, things from my culture that I then impose upon the text, assuming that what it means to me is what it means to them. And that can often lead to odd interpretations. Um, it unlocked many of Jesus's parables um, and it completely changed the way that I understood his birth story. So anyone who knows me come Christmas time, you're probably going to see me somewhere repeat how Jesus was not actually born in a stable, that he was born in a house. And um, where I first learned that was in this book, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. Again, not something I can go into right now, but hi I highly recommend you pick up the book. He also has another book um, which centers on Paul's writing. So it's called Paul Through Mediterranean Eyes. Um, and that's more so studies on the book of First Corinthians. But again, would highly recommend um, to pick up both of those books. Um, and read them because they'll definitely be uh, useful parts of your arsenal. And that brings me to the next book, which is Jesus and the Eyewitnesses by Richard Balcom. Uh, he is a professor of New Testament studies and Bishop Wardlaw professor at the University of St. Andrews, Scotland, and a fellow of both the British Academy and the Royal Society of Edinburgh. Um, again, a really great uh, read it brought the composition of the scripture down from the clouds to the human level for me and what I mean by that is um, it really goes into um, how you know some of the text may have been composed by those who wrote it um, the kind of historical things that they may have borne in mind particularly Luke really honed in and helped you to understand how Luke actually had to go around and collect eyewitness testimony um, from the people who are around, but the book is really um, about, you know, uh, examining how the Gospels are based on eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts. So Richard Borkin goes into that, goes into, you know, the reliability of eyewitness testimony. He talks about how scripture was written in accordance with the standards, historical standards of the day. Often what we'll do is we have this perception that, you know, we live in a time where you can hold up your phone and you re can record something taking place as it is. We like to have events and stories told to us to exact detail um, and everything to match up. So if you have two stories that are different, we look at that and we say, oh, that's contradiction, that's error, that's suspicious. Um, so he really goes into how we take a lot of our modern perceptions and force that onto the text. Whereas those who would have been reading the text in the first century and the early centuries following that, they wouldn't have had that same way of thinking. So, you know, the same problems that we have with the text today, they wouldn't have had. And he really goes into how many of the gospel writers wrote in accordance with the styles and the expectations of their time. Um, and it gives a lot of historical background for how the Gospels got their titles. So he goes through, you know, why Matthew's called Matthew, Mark is called Mark, Luke is called Luke, um, alluding to early testimony that goes back to the second century. So literally a few decades after John wrote the book of Revelation and he's able to show 
how you know at least traditionally the gospels all got their titles so this book's helped in strengthening for me the reliability of the new testament and again like i said bringing it down to the human level because if you remove the human element from the inspiration of scripture you end up with some um maybe perhaps wild ideas about how scripture was composed and really forget the part that the providence of god god's guiding hand through history had to play in the composition and collation of the canon of the new testament um so it really shows and brings to bear the humanity of the writers and how god used their humanity used their style used their personality to really bring forth scripture so if you're looking for a book to help you give to help give you confidence about what we have in the new testament uh jesus and the eyewitnesses would be a book that i would highly highly recommend the next book on my list is kind of an honorable mention um, and I say that because um, I didn't come across the content in this book by reading the book first I actually came across the content of this book on YouTube first of all um, and that book is The Unseen Realm by Michael S. Heiser um, and he is uh, so just to open the blurb he is a uh, 15 years of research into what the Bible really says about the unseen realm. So he is a scholar of Middle Eastern languages, um, currently works as the scholar in residence for Logos Bible Software. Um, but yeah, uh, this book compiles much of the content that I first came across back in 2012, uh, where I first stumbled upon a video series that he presented on the Trinity in the Old Testament. And that video completely changed the way that i saw the entire bible and the story of the bible um the book is about recovering the supernatural worldview of the bible so it's primarily written to those from a more evangelical uh, background who may be in their in their bible uh, sorry in their churches come from a background that downplays the supernatural um, the supernatural realm so the realm of angels demons the devil what have you um and the book opened me up to what's called the deuteronomy 32 worldview where at babel uh, god divided up the nations according to the number of the sons of god and the sons of god being heavenly beings so if you ever read job chapter one and two where the sons of god are mentioned or later on in the book of job where god says where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth and the morning stars sang together all the sons of god shouted for joy it's talking about these heavenly beings and that god basically divided the nations up because of their idolatry he gave the rest of humanity over to be ruled over by these sons of god and the sons of god actually are the beings that became the foreign gods of the nation so you had one of these quote-unquote lesser gods put over you know all of the nations and god essentially started over with israel so that in very very brief um is what came out of that video for me even though he talked about the trinity he kind of had to lay that foundation first um but again that completely changed how i saw the narrative of scripture and it really awakened my interest in the old testament background for the new testament made me realize that you know everything in the new testament has its root in the old testament and that there is a there's i mean think about it it's like two-thirds of our bibles yet many of us do not understand or do not read the old testament um and it just showed how much we are missing when we neglect this like you know what in many places is the foundation of the new testament um so again i would highly recommend 
this book. I would also highly recommend that you subscribe to his podcast. It's called The Naked Bible Podcast. Um, really great podcast. He has some amazing content. I've learned so much from um, listening to his podcast. It will challenge you. It will probably scare you. But if there's one thing I can say is that it will show you that you do not need to fear some of the scary and weird parts of your Bible. That's something that Michael Heiser really specializes in. Uh, so again, I would highly recommend picking up the book and also subscribing to um, his podcast. Uh, the Naked Bible Podcast uh, has a website, so nakedbiblepodcast.com, or you can go to his uh, personal website, drmsh.com. Um, but yeah, again, would highly recommend his content. Now, the final book um, on my list is called The Book That Made Your World How the Bible Created the Soul of Western Civilization. So already from that sub um, that subtitle, you can see that this is a book um, that delves into some interesting territory. Uh, and it's by a uh, Indian Christian scholar by the name of Vishal Mangalwadi. Um, again, I cannot recommend this book highly enough. Um, and it really uh, shed a lot of light on how the Bible laid the foundation for Western civilization. Um, it shows scripture's influence on the sciences, on philosophy, on technology, on ethics, history, society, literature, like literally everything. So just to kind of give you an overview of the topic. So part one of the book is about the soul of uh, Western civilization. Uh, part two, two is about personal pilgrimage. Um, uh, can blind men know the elephant? Am I like a dog or God? Um, part three is about the seeds of Western civilization. Uh, part four is about the, the Millennium Revolution. Um, part five is about the Intellectual Revolution. Uh, and then what made the West the best and globalizing modern, modern, uh, modernity. Um, those titles in and of itself really don't capture you know, the essence of the book. It's not something that I can really explain in a few minutes. Um, but what it does really show is how we wouldn't have modern western society western civilization wouldn't have made the strides that it has made in science in technology in ethics and all of that stuff without the bible that the bible literally laid the foundation for western civilization and for me that really displayed god's sovereignty over all history and human affairs and it also showed what can happen when you take the Bible as your as the lens through which you view the world when you take the Bible and really um, infuse that biblical worldview on your heart and biblical worldview is what I'm all about here at Feet for Thoughts um, and it really shows what can happen when human beings take the Bible when they take God's statutes his precepts his law and really the, the theology of all scripture as the foundation for their thinking and the amazing things that humanity do as a result. So he talks about things, for example, how, you know, the Chinese, they built these massive libraries, these amazing and intricate libraries, and they built these systems that allowed them to turn, because uh, they'd have their books in scrolls and they put those scrolls on these kind of pillars that would turn around so that they could access the books. But the irony was they never actually read any of the books in the library. Instead, what they would do is continually turn these pillars and meditate to the sound um, and you know Vishal Mangawadi compares that to uh, monks so Christian monks who built libraries 
and universities and all that stuff for the purpose of teaching people language so that they could learn to read the scriptures and that you know in and of itself led to the foundations of the biblical worldview that allowed the west to progress further than many of the surrounding nations obviously this doesn't mean that everything the west produced was great but it just shows how much of an influence the bible has had on um things like science and science is obviously a hot topic because there are many people who point to the greeks and the romans as being the source of western science but in actual fact the building blocks for the scientific method and many of the discoveries that humanity has made in the last centuries were laid by men who believed the word of god believed what it said and tried to apply it to the world around them so without the bible the world wouldn't be what it is today and that's really what this book is all about and that is it those are the six books that completely um revolutionized the way that i read the bible the way that i read scripture changed how i saw scripture changed how i saw what the bible was meant to be the story of the bible how i read the bible um how i understand the bible um so if you are able would highly recommend all of those books so definitely unlocking the bible jesus through middle eastern eyes jesus and the eyewitnesses unseen realm and the book that made your world you can find all of those books on amazon um the false prophet you won't be able to find on amazon but you can find islam in the end times which is pretty much the same content again if you do um want the pdf of the false prophet let me know drop me your email address and i will send it to you um but otherwise that brings us to the end of today's show what i want to talk about next time lord willing is why me and my family homeschool um so for those who don't know i'm married with two children got a third child on the way got a three-year-old and a four-year-old um, and me and my wife we homeschool our children um, I work from home uh, running a graphic design business so that's what I do and I'm not doing stuff like this um, but I want to talk about the theological and I guess sociological reasons that led me primarily to say like we need to homeschool our children so uh, thanks again for tuning in to Feet for Thoughts. I pray that the content has been edifying for you. Again, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Feet for Thoughts. That's Feet for Thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Share if you have been edified. If you're link listening on Anchor, again, like I said, call in to leave some feedback or feel free to give those claps if you like it. But otherwise, grace and peace and have a great day.